0: Yo yo what's up? How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh had a very eventful morning. Did a couple of interviews so very far. Nice. Pretty good, pretty good. What about you? Pretty good morning. We've been busy. Got a little break.
1: So, so enjoying it right now.
0: Nice. What would you like to talk about today?
1: Uh, you know, I think we were at the barbershop when we met, and we were talking about uh, uh, racism and uh, how the South Asian community is bought up in racism towards the African American community. How's that sound?
0: Yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about that. Now, as a, um, it's funny you mentioned that and I think I was talking about this to you earlier as a African American. Well, I'm going to talk about my mom experiences first as a African American woman. That's uh, well, just African American woman in general, hair is like a woman's glory. Hair is like their thing. You know, Mm -hmm. if if a woman doesn't love anything at all, they love their hair. And, um, there's a lot of beauty shops that's uh, predominantly Asian and what they do is they follow us around in the stores and it was funny because I was uh, I remember as a kid there would be this huge I would never see it in any other store but there would be this huge mirror that Mm -hmm. would be right above the cashier and I thought about it recently and I was like, hey, I remember one of those things. I wonder what they were. And then my uh, friend had to tell me, oh, they use that to watch you guys. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. And, you know, even now there's a cigar shop that I only go to because um it's close uh the cigar shop I love going to is you know over there close to the uh barber shop in murphy you know I live in dallas so I you know go there instead to the save gas me and the dude is just looking at me and staring at me and I'm like bro, like, buy me dinner first, you know, like, (laughs) you know, like, come on, and I think it has a lot to do with, you know, ignorance, if not will for ignorance, like, I remember a story, there was a guy from another country talking to an African American, and he, like, was talking to him, and then he was staring at his ass, and he was like, why are you staring at my ass, and he was like, well, because in my country, we were told that you guys have tails. And, and so I think, yeah, so I think it's all, you know, about what they've been taught, what's been spread, you know, like in Asia, not saying that I've done this before, but in Japan, it is almost impossible for African-American to get an escort there of the racism. You know, that goes on and, you know, the appropriation, like appropriation is in every color. And what I mean by appropriation, uh, that stereotype where the white way Mm -hmm. is the right way, like especially because in Asia, um, like for us, when we turn 16, We get cars and things, but for them, they actually get surgeries like there's so many agents getting eye widening surgeries and dyeing their hair blonde, you know, because they've been taught that the, you know, white way is the right way, even with, you know, in some animes or even they make some of their animes even, you know, Whitewash. So I think it's, you know, it, it has a lot to do with, you know, that and just not knowing or or word of mouth, like they're like, oh, well, these people, they're deemed, you know, they're deemed lazy or, oh, these people are deemed, you know, da-da-da. And I'll never forget, I had a conversation with my friend and he was like, if you're trying to talk to a foreign girl and she's not from America, mm-hmm and it's you versus a white guy, the white guy is already going to have an advantage. Like I've seen, I've dated girls that I've stayed friends with and, you know, that were foreign, Asian, you know, Indian, Arab, Pakistanian, and their parents hated me, you know, versus them get a new white boyfriend and their parents opened them with uh yeah. open arms but you know tell me your side though yeah yeah no dude you you're hitting everything uh
1: correctly man i i, I want to start out by saying uh, i think the society has put this image in everyone's head that you have to be white you know your skin color has to be white to earn the right respect. No one's going to respect you if you're dark. And this, this is very true in the South Asian community, and I'll get to it. But I want to start out with my experience growing up. Uh, you know, my mom came to the States in 97, bought me and my brother, and uh, we didn't know any better, right? We were young kids. My mom came here. She was taught to uh, not like African-Americans. She was... Uh, went to work and she told she was told that you know African Americans are probably the lowest of the lowest class and and you shouldn't like them because they steal or they're just bad people and it, it was at, at a young age I was nine years old I didn't have any understanding of it I came from India I've never seen a white person I've never seen a black person all I've seen is a, a brown person right uh, Yeah. So it was a culture shock. And when I went to get enrolled into elementary school, I was in such shock that I didn't speak because I've never seen a white person, right? And it it was just a major shock. But it was funny because I remembered this clearly. I was in New Jersey. I was in there. The principal was white. His colleagues were white. Everyone was white. And I'm just like, what is going on here? And then my mom's like, well, don't be afraid of these guys. These guys are good, right? I'm like, uh, when I look back at it, I'm just like, holy shit. This is like past racism. Where did you learn this? Uh, One day I had to, uh, I got fed up with it. So, you know, I was about 15, 16 years old. I've always been taught, uh, you know, don't have black friends. Don't have black friends. Why are you friends with a black person? And I, I think I was just done with it. So. Uh, I bought uh, one of my really good friends back in uh middle school high school over to my place, and my mom her eyes went wide open it's it 's like i 've done something so bad that I am no longer her son kind of a thing right and it yeah. it had put me in this state of no you 're wrong you know this this genuine kid that's my best friend is nothing what you describe. So where are you learning this? And my brother and I had to kind of start teaching my mom that what you've learned is not what you've experienced. What someone told you is not always the truth. It's you need to take it step by step and use your own experience when you have dealt with an African-American Versus your friend telling you they're all bad, uh, it, and it goes, and this goes out to my South uh, Asian uh, family out there, right? Anybody that's listening to this, you guys well, uh, you guys know very well. Uh, we are stereotyped. We have motels, we have uh, gas stations, and that's that's a true thing. Our our parents come yeah. here, you know, our parents come here. They know the business, they get it, and what is so just blatantly hurtful to me now is you we go our parents go settle into these small towns that they buy gas stations and hotels and majority of the population is african american and you go there knowing that if you go into that community they don't have the best jobs in the world right they they don't have the opportunity to get out of those towns and yet you judge them to the fullest extent you can, but yet you're making profit off of them. It's just mind boggling to me. So yeah, my background on that is uh, most of my mom's side of the family, uh, she's got eight sisters, two brothers, a so huge family, right? And most of them all own gas stations and most of my cousins, uh, we've had to, teach our parents the right way and which is stop judging african americans you are just fitting everyone else's stereotype and racism that uh black people are not uh good for the society and i'm sorry that you learned it that way and you're trying to teach us that way but we're going to stand up against you if that's the way you think right and um it's it's just one of those things that when it comes yeah. comes to the South Asian families, we have to change. We I'm a millennial, my my generation Gen Z. We have to make those changes, right? We have to tell our parents. We have to stand up for uh, inequality, racism inside our own culture, right? Um, but before I go on, do you do you have any questions on that? Because I know it's a lot of information I put out there
0: yeah and i wanted to touch on that when you said uh about the um gas stations and uh the motels because i was actually doing it's been years since i've done this so it's kind of fuzzy i don't want to get anything wrong but every single race i feel except for the african-american race has had their reparations i mean uh oklahoma was just deemed, I want to say either earlier this month or last month, Native land. And, um, you know, the Indians, they have their casinos. You know, um, Asians were able to come over here and, you know, start businesses Mm -hmm. and everything. And we, you know, we get nothing. And uh, like I said, it's been a while since I've done research on this, but I actually found out that they purposely gave out business loans to people that came over here from Asia to start their nail salons and to start their um you know beauty supplies right and i feel, and and i feel like we should uh get some of that too but also um you have to realize that if there's ever a fire inside that like, if there's a fire, and I don't mean to refer to Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton, the uh, musical?
1: You, you know, me and my girlfriend have tickets for it until uh, till the <laughs> shutdown happened, and it's been pushed back to 2021, so I have it. But I heard <laughs> it's on Netflix, so we're, uh, we're going to be watching it here soon.
0: Yeah, it's on Hulu and Disney+. <laughs> Plus. Hulu and Disney+. Bas- yeah, and basically uh, Thomas Edison rapped a line that made so much sense. He said, uh, "If there's a fire, you can't put it out from inside the house, right? You know, yeah. W- w- you know, which meaning sometimes you have to step out and take a, you know, look at the situation. And you know, I'm just now getting into these things, you know, because these things have been happening for years. And there was one point uh, last year or a couple of years ago when they were talking about reparations." And I was like, yeah, we should definitely get reparations. And then I found out that in the African-American community, we couldn't even decide on that. Like some people were like, oh, well, if you're African and in America, you shouldn't get reparations or, oh, these type of people with this heritage should get reparations or those type of. So if how can we fight? to get something if we can't even agree you know with what we want to get you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely man uh i that's as an african-american
1: community you guys have to come together right it's there's always going to be division and i i use this as an example from my south asian uh culture you know there's a north there's the east there's a the south and and no matter which region you go to they have something bad to say about that part of the uh, region of india and no matter what we're all indians we have our own uh uh, thinking on different ways but in times we all need to come together and find out what we all need Uh, the best way to do it is Think about what is going to push the African-American uh, community forward. What is what it, what it going to take for you guys to come and say, hey, if we go push for this in, in, uh, in the government, if we go push this in the local cities, uh, elect the right people, we may be able to get the right things done. But if you guys cannot come to an even agreement of able to just, hey, let's, let's start with police brutality, right? Like this whole, whole thing about Black Lives Matter, uh, it's, it's taken such a turn. for In my point of view, it's taken such a turn, right? Now it's not about police brutality. Yeah. Now it's about protest, right? Oh, d- all these protests are back. But the reason the protest started was to address the police brutality. Now, no one's talking about the police brutality. They're all talking about protesters looting. They're all talking about these protesters are bad. Now you had a military involved in cities trying to take the protesters out, nonviolent protesters in uh, in that case. Um, And why are we now concentrating on that? We should refocus back onto the main point, is police brutality. How do we keep that focus on uh, police brutality? You, you go to, you call your congressman, you call your elect, uh, uh, election. Um, when it comes up, you go vote out there and you select the right people that are willing to listen and help you make the change. Um, that's the only way I see this changing, right? And you get all your friends. Uh, you know, I follow this, uh, there's this one uh, girl on Instagram that I follow and we met in uh at a motorcycle uh uh, driving class and she is just now into college and oh my god this girl she's a huge advocate in uh equality and racism and she is taking all her friends making sure they're educated to make the right changes why we need we need everyone in the community, not only South Asian, African, you know, white community. Everyone needs to know what's going on, and if everyone knows what's yeah. going on, we can help make those changes.
0: Right? It's exactly. It's it's definitely about you know coming together. It's definitely about community. You know, and and I like what you uh, did with your parents. You didn't. Sean, that's why I tell everybody uh and this is up for the d- debate but I really do not like cancel culture at all. No. I feel like instead of canceling people and pushing them away when they do stuff when they need us more than ever, I feel. Absolutely. You know, yes, <laughs> hold yes, hold them accountable but actually guide them in the right direction. There's a difference between, you know, holding somebody accountable and guiding them and just letting them, you know, go on their way because nobody can learn like that. You know what I mean? And we do, as a people, need to start sticking together more. I will say that. Um, There's a stereotype, you know, with uh, African-American people that, we don't stick together, you know, like yep. the Asians, they will help another Asian if need be. Um, uh, uh, Hispanics, especially, they will help a like, lot. Like I have a lot of Hispanic friends and I've dated a lot of Hispanic women and say, for instance, uh, if well, my ex, she used to be, she was Hispanic and uh, we used to date and she used to sell uh, chips just chips, candy on the corner, they would literally buy her out just because she was a Mexican, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, just to say, "Hey, I feel you, you're my sister, I support you, you're my brother, I support you, and that's not the same with my community. It's not. like like we do not help each other at all, like if we do. Have a black and and I'm gonna say this, you know, like because my mom made a statement recently. Unfortunately, uh, Nick Cannon lost everything Mm -hmm. in a matter of seconds, you know. And my uh, Charlemagne made a statement. He said Nick Cannon's a nice guy. I hate it happened to him, but it just goes to show Jewish people and Jews are in charge,
1: Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm.
0: and 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 he said, I will love to live to see the day when black people can fire white people for, you know, being racist. Like we can't even get cops fired right. for murdering us in broad daylight, yeah. you know, let alone get somebody, you know, fire somebody. And my mom she made an excellent point and she's an example of this because it's been years like I didn't even think that beauty shop was still there but it's been years since she and she was like if we actually as a people came together and had our own community it stop." asking for a handout for our jewish brothers or our white brothers that wouldn't be an issue cuz we would have our own stuff you know what i mean right like there's a lot there's a black owned uh beauty supply store in arlington texas mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of black owned businesses but you know since we don't stick together we would rather go to you know, the, uh, a store down the street, you know, then give our, you put our money back into the community. And if we do, and I'll admit, I've been a victim of Mm that. I've been guilty of this too. If we do see a black business, all of a sudden black business owners become your family members and you're like, Hey cousin, can you give me a discount? Right. Or, hey girl, can you give me a freebie? You know? And it's like you wouldn't go to Walmart right. and say that to the camera. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. why are you doing that here? It's, business. you know, business exactly. is business. It's a business. And, and uh, you know, and it's a double-edged sword. Cause you know, I got to talk about them all. Some black businesses, are very unprofessional as well and make you don't want to uh, do business with them. So it's just an all-around thing that we have to do, you know, have to do, uh, you know, better at. And I think it's a, uh, you know, I will say Indian people and Asian people do have an advantage in America when it comes Mm -hmm. to owning their own businesses. But I feel like foreigners in general have this drive, and I don't know where. Well, I think it's because when they come here, yep. they come here with a purpose, and this is a land of opportunity. Like, there is no reason for anybody to be on a corner begging for change in America. Like, the stupidest <laughs> thing, like, sham wow a guy took some good fabric. Right. And it became an overnight sensation. There's no excuse, you know, so I feel like they're more determined than we are. You know, like we're born here. We're used to it. We're not really, you know, we take it for, for granted. But if an Asian person or, you know, um, uh, African person or a Hispanic or Indian you know, person comes over here, they're here for a purpose and they actually
1: yeah, get the no, job Yeah, no, you're, you're done, absolutely you know. right, right? So
0: I want to start out with, I, I do agree with you. So
1: I used to live in Wiley, Texas, and you know where that is because you mentioned Murphy. Um, and, you know... Yeah. The, the, the African-American community out towards Murphy and Wiley are middle class or a bit higher. Now, I remember seeing this happen in front of my eyes. And I was just like, what did I just see? I was out in Garland where it was another African-American that was uh, stranded on the road with uh, both his tires blown out, right? And uh, I was out there helping him. And then Mm -hmm. this other guy uh, uh, stopped and he's like, oh, I see you all the time, your car, and Wiley. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you want to help out? He's like, no, nah, man, I don't uh, deal with these type of uh, African-Americans. I'm like, but you yourself are an African-American. How are you saying this? And I was just lost at words when he said that. I'm, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, bye, right? Because he just wanted to talk about my car instead of help the guy in need that has two flat tires. So I do see that. I do see, like your own community not helping each other, which is, uh, I, I think that's one of the foundations that you guys need to start at. Uh, everyone needs to see that. It doesn't matter if you're from what city, from what background, you have to help another human being. Just because you're from a better, wealthier background doesn't mean you don't help a, a person that's beneath you or what you deem is beneath you, right? Because Technically, no one's beneath you unless you uh, is, unless you've been taught that way. Um, so definitely, dude, man, yeah. I, I see it all the time, and it's it's very hurtful to see. But that's one of the places you guys have to change. Now, coming back to talking about you know Asians and foreigners have this uh, uh, drive when they come to the states. Yeah. We, we definitely do, right? We have to drive because we're like, hey, our parents came from nothing. Uh, you know, we have to do something. But at the same time, our parents are the ones that are uh, beating us into, you have to become a doctor. You have to become a dentist. You have to become an engineer, right? Anything else is not good enough. And that's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of emotional uh, kind of abuse when it comes to that growing up as a foreign, uh, foreign child that's in the States. So we do have to drive, but our parents don't just give up on us. Um, But at the same time, when you said that, you know, you guys are born here and you guys take it for granted, I sort of have a different view on it uh, to a certain degree. I look at it as the way of, okay, Mm -hmm. let's say we, we came from India, and we settled in a town where there was good education, right? I, I feel like most of the African American Mm -hmm. communities, they don't have a good education system. There's no funding for schools, right? There's no uh, coaches in those communities that uh, are willing to say, Hey, kids, this is not the end of the road for you. You, you can do a lot better uh so how do we get the funding back into schools to help these kids that are growing up in these communities to understand your life doesn't have to be stuck in this town in this environment till the day you die Uh, or you're not going to be like your parents you don't have to just stereotype oh oh you're black so you must be a for uh, uh, you know, you must uh, sell drugs or something like that, which I've heard many times in, uh, in Garland, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous, right? Um, so how do we get that funding back into the schools to teach the younger generation? And how do we motivate their parents to keep pushing them, right? It's, it's a parent's job to be the adult and show their kids that they care, that they want them to uh, be successful in life, that they want them to have the best education. Even let's say they don't have the best education, uh, they don't have the best books, take some of the money that you earn uh, and buy them the right books, right? What, and I understand a lot of people live paychecks to paycheck, uh, but there's so many places you can go to uh, get books for free or at a discounted price, or go send them to a library for uh, twice a week and make them uh, learn what's out there. And that's the way I see it. I kind of, I, I kind of don't blame the community itself. I blame uh, the society around it that doesn't give you guys the opportunity to get out of those kind of communities. Um, and,
0: Exactly. I agree 100%. And to piggyback off of what you just said, every kid that I know that's successful and really, really smart. See, one of the things people forget is they think they can just send their kids to school and the school will teach them all they need to know. No, we need to start educating our own kids, buying books yep. and buying little videos i would have never learned my timetables if it wasn't for half of the shit i learned was from schoolhouse <laughs> <Yes>. rock <laughs> you know and from stuff my mom's and from books that my mom's taught me i'll never forget my mom would buy me educational books like how to count hooked on phonics Leapfrog. Yes, yep. you remember leapfrog back in the day Man, I took it all the way back with that one. And it's funny because as I got older, I saw they were still making stuff, but they had this mm-hmm. advanced thing, computer thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I didn't have that one. I was there. I did have that leapfrog. You know, but yeah, like you have to start educating your kids, number one. And I do think, I do agree with how the educational system should be better. Because let me tell you, mm-hmm. I've been to Mountain View and I've been to Collin College Collin College will not hire you they won't just hire anybody like you literally have to have some experience in the field every teacher there has gotten their feet wet like my acting teacher just released a movie that's on you know all Mm -hmm. streaming platforms you know like it's a lot out there and you know the um the animation teacher, uh, he used to work for hanna barber Studios. And, you, you know, in Dallas, they, they it's easier to get hired there. You mm-hmm. know, they don't really demand a lot from the teachers. I, I, I say this all the time. The Mountain View Theater Department definitely needs work. The teacher that I had was horrible. And when I went to Collin College, they actually taught me stuff to help me in my career. Like, literally, they had classes that they don't even offer in African, uh, predominantly black and brown communities. Like, I had never heard of archery in my life. I had never heard of, you know, a songwriting class. In my life. So I agree. They give the other people so many opportunities. And again, I have to hold myself accountable because we were um, like, say, for instance, there some stereotypes are true, you know, not all. You can't put everybody in a box, but there are some people that still, there's black people, there's white people that still, there's Spanish people that still. And I went to the movies uh, because my mom, she usually goes to the movies around her neighborhood. If you go to a movies where you live or where I used to stay, they have food outside of the concession stand like they have food you just grab it then take it to the cashier and pay for it and I made a joke you know my mom was like they should be ashamed of themselves they don't have this for the black communities and I was like well mom that's because the black communities Uh, the kids in Lancaster would steal them out of house and home it wouldn't even be here and she was like that might be true but the only reason why they steal is because Correct. they don't have that opportunity. You see, it's all, it's subliminally, the fact that black people don't help each other yep. is subliminal. You know, that dates back way from slavery. It's not, you know, know—is—is we weren't born like, oh Correct. yeah, I'm not going to help that guy. No, that was conditioned in our brains since slavery. The, you know, the people's telling other cultures that we're bad. It's a tactic because, you know, they don't, they want to oppress us because they know how powerful we are and they don't want us to have any allies. So what do they do? They go to the different people and they say, Hey, this guy, you know, these cultures there, you know, there don't mess with them, you know? And she was like, even if they did uh, put it out there and they did steal how long are they going to steal before it's just open to them? You know, they're going to eventually get conditioned and it's just going to be like yep. the other areas. Yep. And, you know, and, what I mean? you
1: know it, it, it also for me goes back to how how were you raised? Like the parents didn't give you, maybe they weren't able to give you because they were paying, living pay, paycheck by paycheck, but you didn't have enough money growing up. So the only way you could fend for food or fend for anything is possibly by stealing. And then uh, it's just a big loop in my head. It's like, you get caught, oh, you're black. We're gonna give you the maximum time allowed to be in prison and then you're gonna come back out and then that's the only life you're gonna know, right? It's like, why, even if you put one of those markets out there in a community where it's a stereotypical of no, you can't put it because you're stealing, even if you, if, that, if you do it and someone steals, that person's life is ruined if they get caught, right? Where, whereas in any other culture or, relig- or uh, uh, religion, it, well, not really religion, but culture comes in and you steal something, yeah, you might get fined. Yeah, you might get a weekend in jail. Yeah, you'll have it in record. But I highly doubt you'll spend two years in jail for stealing a freaking candy bar, Right. So it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's like, I agree with your mom on it, but I also like to see the further view of what would happen if it actually, if you guys actually put one of those stores in there, it's going to be a bigger issue than just, hey, trust us, we won't do it. Because right now, in this society, in my eyes, there's no equality you're black, you steal something, you're probably going to get a uh, punishment 10 times har- uh, harsher than a white person. And that's the end of the story. So I, I rather, I rather not see that happen and have that changed, if that makes sense. Yeah, so exactly. Um, I did want to talk to you. I wanted to ask you a question, actually. So Uh, I have this text message pulled up and um, I send a video to my friend and I was just like, what did I just watch? And it was this police officer that pulled uh, African-American over and opened his car door and dragged the mouse at the car while uh, he was recording. And he looked straight into the phone and said, watch the show. I don't know if you've seen that. So, yeah. So I yeah, send that I to her, that. and she's like, "You know what? If I ever get pulled over, I'm just gonna uh, obey what the cop says and do what the cop says." And I understand, as her being an African American woman, it's a just it's 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 fearful to see that, right? So you rather obey, but sometimes I told her sometimes when the cops are in the wrong, it's better to stand up and defend yourself, not violently,
0: instead of following the
1: rules. Because if you follow the rules, then that cop is going to be like, I can do whatever I want, right? So have you, in in, in the African-American community, is that a big thing that goes on where people just try to obey everything the cop says even though they know they're not guilty, they're, the cop is doing something wrong. It's just that, you know, I don't want to kiss, I don't want to be the next person that's uh, George Floyd or, um, you know, any of the guys that have died so far from police brutality. Uh, how, how, how much of that do you hear in your community?
0: Okay, it's it split 50-50. Some people, myself included, like I, I tell this joke all the time. When uh, I did a show with a guy who used to be an officer, and he said whenever a police officer pulls you over, already have your license and registration already on you so he doesn't have to even ask. And so, you know, that's what I've been doing from here on out. Like, if I ever, when I ever get pulled over, I literally have my license and registrations plate, and uh, anything he might need Mm -hmm. already in my hand, ready to give to him, you know? And um, I usually try to act my best behavior. I try to talk in my widest voice, as possible. I try to look non-threatening as possible, wear my glasses, you know, speak in my white guy voice. <laughs> How are you doing, officer? You know, and you know, try to uh you know last last time a police officer pulled me over, I was playing some Adele. <laughs> <like me. laughs> you know, and, and then and then I have been in cars with uh, less civilized people, when the cops pull us over, they're talking crazy to them, and I'm like, "Hey, shoot him! Yeah. Don't <laughs> shoot me! Don't, you know, don't drag me in. Right. This is all you and him. you know." And yeah, and um, you know, uh, I want to comment on that, and thank you for bringing that up. And I recently came to the realization of this this year. They do, no, not, they do not give a fuck who you are. Or yep. how you act. You can be. You know my dad would always say. Oh don't get dreads. Don't get tattoos. Don't go outside with a do-rag on. Because people are judgmental. On autopilot. Now you have some beautiful souls. That will get to know you. But you know if you see a black guy. With a do-rag on. Or a black guy with dreads. You are mm-hmm. automatically to think he's a gangster. Yep. Or he smokes weed. And um, with that being said, he would he would always tell me, you know. And for years, I didn't get it, and I finally got it. Also, this is why he was telling me, "Don't sag and don't dress like this and don't dress like that." But in all reality, a racist does not give a fuck no, how you, how you dress. You know, perfect example. I've seen police harass gangsters. And shoot innocent gangsters that weren't committing crimes at mm-hmm. the moment. You know, they were hoodlums, but they weren't committing crimes at the moment and they got shot. And then look at you remember the two guys at the uh that got arrested. Yeah, the because they were
1: having a meeting for a lawyer or uh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. They were the most Mm-hmm. intimidating black oh, yeah. people ever glasses and all they look like computer ge- they look like they were on their way to fix somebody's computer who cares, right them, it's it's you know it's one of those things it's, who cares you're black that's yeah. it <laughs> it's like yeah and, and you know and, and they have yep. smile on their face that whole time cuz they knew holy shit we're about to yeah, get right here yeah. you know <laughs> we're about to do this shit out of them you know and um look at the uh young man that played the uh violin that uh just recently uh uh, uh passed you know um uh, i'm looking up his uh name now i can't really uh, rem- uh remember uh right now, but yeah, look at the young man that um uh just passed. He was a kid. He was definitely a nerd. Glasses mm-hmm. on, headphones. He wasn't doing anything, and the police killed him. Um, uh, what's her face? She was literally in uh you know her bed. Sleeping, unresponsive, killed her, yeah. killed her. Uh, you know, the, uh, the guy that was, um, the guy that was now, and this really got me because I love wet bluebells wedding cake ice cream, I or uh, Hagen Doss butter pecan. I cannot tell you how many times I've sat in like my boxer shorts with a pint of ice cream watching um Mean Girls or a movie yeah. like that. It could have been me. Yep. You know, and he was just minding his own business when the oh, yeah. uh you yeah. know yeah came in and um you know uh shot him. You know, so it's it's really doesn't matter what you do or how you act. You can be the most hardened gangster, most intimidating criminal and or you could be the nicest guy somebody to ever meet, but as long as your skin is black, like I said before, um, I had an ex whose father did not want her to date a black guy, and uh, she was a she had a um pill addiction, she was addicted to Xanax, and we were coming from Jasmine's, and the police pulled her over because she was a little you know tipsy. And she got a DUI. And uh, by the grace of God, they didn't uh, take me in with her. You know, she took the, you know, fall for me and whatnot. And pretty much they, uh, I was like, hey, can I uh, drive her car? And she was like, yeah, just drive my car home. And the next morning I parked her car, you know, hid the keys under there. And, you know, I earned her dad's mm-hmm. respect. You know, and, you know, he didn't mind me dating his daughter. Now, that didn't mean that he liked right. black people. That just meant, you know, he was still racist, but he just thought, okay, this one's different. He's the exceptional one, you know, but he still saw me as what he saw me. You know yeah, what I and mean? No, I, I, I get that because I've
1: even heard someone tell me that their dad was tolerant of their black boyfriend because... The dad loves me and wants me to be happy, right? It's but the views of what her dad felt about a, a African American black person was still the same.
0: <laughs>
1: so yeah, I understand yeah. it, man. And I, I will tell you guys this, right? I I I cannot and will never be able to speak to what it what it is like to be black. Okay, but. In my lifetime so far, growing up in the States after 9-11, I got, you know, I was picked on 24-7 for being a uh, terrorist, you know, or just called everything you can uh, be called for being a terrorist. And even till this day, there's sometimes someone will call me a terrorist. But now it's done in a joking matter uh, or manner. And it's also not as uh, as much as it used to be. I don't feel the same way for the African-American community. You guys have been here for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it's still the same. It hasn't changed. Like 9-11 happened in 2001. We're in 2020, and most of the uh, stigma around picking on a person that looks like a terrorist has kind of gone away. But for an African-American community, there's still racism. You're black, that's the end of the story. You're gonna, you're either bad or you're not good for the society. And in my head, I cannot comprehend that. It's like,
0: how—how
1: how is that even possible? And I just urge the younger generation to make that change, you know, Most older generations have failed, Uh, not only the country, but the uh, African-American community, and they're not going to make the change anymore. So I keep, I want to urge every young listener to go out there and make that change, man. That's, I have to say that, like from an experience from being Indian and getting called a terrorist, there's no, it, it, it doesn't compare to what, African American community goes through at all. Zero. So I know I might get some hate uh, backlash from my South Asian uh, uh, family, but that is my opinion and that it's never going to change.
0: Speak your truth, man. Yeah. Speak your truth. Yeah. And, and like uh, everybody has experienced racism. Like right? one of the things uh, You know, uh, I've experienced racism in two ways. My mom used to go to University of Phoenix uh, Phoenix in uh, Arlington Mm -hmm. at the uh, Highland, you know, the outdoor mall, the Highlands in Arlington. She went over there and I would, you know, just walk around. I would go to a restaurant and then walk around while she was in class. And I wanted a dog, like I mm-hmm. love dogs. So I went into Petco, and I asked the lady where to um, where to get a dog. And um, she was like, "Well, you could go to the pound." And I was like, "Well, I want a purebred. I want two. Oh, wow. You know, I want them to have puppies." And she, by the color of my skin, immediately thought that I was one of those, you know, people that you know breed dogs. And I haven't even, you know, bred dogs yet. She And even if she thought that, she could have simply said, because I've had friends tell me, hey, give the dogs in the shelter a chance first, you know. But she literally grabbed me and walked me out of her section. And I didn't know, realize what was happening Mm -hmm. at that moment. I'm, And I'm glad I didn't because it would have been a whole other, this would have been a whole other story. But um, basically, uh, I went to her manager and reported her for it. And the minute that I literally stepped both feet out of that place and the door closed, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Wow, that was the first time I've ever been discriminated against or like say for instance when um, I was going to Colin you know a lot of the girls you know there you know there were some cute girls and a lot of the girls saw me as Mm -hmm. intimidating just because of the color of my skin and you know it was you know hard for me so I had to like uh, uh, approach or like talk to them and like a different way. Make I literally had to. I don't want to say de-masculi- uh demasculinize myself because I legit do love some things that the average male don't right. love. But I literally had to let them know uh, through words that hey, I'm okay. I'm not intimidating at all. I'm a pussy cat, dude. You know, what like I you're mean? a teddy bear, yeah. not, not nothing more, right? So. Yeah. yeah. And my uh, and my friend made a statement and she was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's the way you're, you know, you're coming at them or maybe it's, you know, you're coming at them the wrong way because some girls are sensitive. And I was like, there's white and Hispanic guys in my class coming at them this with the mm-hmm. same amount of energy because, you know, we're having fun. It's a musical theater class. You know, nobody's being negative or Hateful or anything. I mean, yeah, they might be stuck up, but <laughs> other than that, we're having fun. And uh, I was like, it's it's the color. The only thing I can see is, you know, it's the color of my skin. You know, uh, you know. So we definitely have to do better. And I believe you one hundred percent. It's community. Uh, Michael Jackson said it best: If you want to make a world a better place, uh, you know, take a look at yourself and make yep. a change. You know, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. And I know that's corny and a lot of people say it, but it's true, man. It's true. Like what you're doing is awesome. Holding, you know, people accountable. Another time I was with my um, Arab, uh, uh, Arab friends and, I like I said, I was ignorant, you know. I used to, you know, being from Texas, I called them Arabs. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, know, yep. you know, I was like for the longest, and he was like, It's not Arabs, it's Arabs. And I was like, Oh, thank you for, you know, correcting me. And then he was teaching, you know, about other people's cultures can actually be amazing, right? If you open up your mind, he was teaching me about the air, uh, the Arab alphabet, and man, that's a Pop like the Arab alphabet song I still it, it might sound <laughs> corny but I still listen to it you know I just love the beat of it oh yeah and you, you know we would you know he would teach me about hookahs and different things and we were it was me him and some of his other friends and there's a I forget the word but there's an Arab word that means slave and you know, my idiot ass can only speak English, so I'm not laughing with them, you know, not knowing what they're saying. Right. When all in all, they're calling me like a slave the whole time, and he left angry because he was like, I don't, that's racist. You know, I'll never let any of my friends, Come you know, get, yeah, so yeah, it's definitely out there. And those are the people that I look up to. Those are the people you have to hold you know, accountable, you know, oh, like, yeah. p- d- like say, for instance, Kanye West, there is nothing wrong with that guy that a good sit down talking to would not fix, you know, like everybody was uh, ragging on him for wearing a Magna hat or ragging on him because of what he said at Do- about Donald Trump. And when he was interviewed, we actually found out that he is not so much that he was in love with Donald Trump. He was in love with the fact that anything we live in a nation where anything can happen. He wasn't in love so much with Donald Trump. He was in love with the fact that somebody with zero qualifications can become president just because they wanted to. Right. That's what he was, you know, in love with, you know, and he was literally taking the Magna hat And flipping it on his head, he knew it was racist, but he took something racist and tried to make it not racist. Now, his delivery might have not been, you know, strong, you know, and he was saying the same thing about Donald Trump. We don't need to bash Donald Trump or shun Donald Trump. We need to bring him in and teach him what's right. You know what I mean? You know, it's kind of like his. uh, Did you see his campaign rally? Uh, this past weekend? Yeah.
1: But he had the meltdown? I did, yes.
0: Yeah, he, yeah. if you actually listen, he had a lot of good points and was saying a lot of good things. But sometimes, you know, as artists, we, because we, our brain is going like 100 miles per hour, so sometimes our delivery isn't always the best thing.
1: Okay yeah I, I agree with that but you we also have to realize that even if he made very good points majority of the society is only going to concentrate on the meltdown and the the things that did not make sense right and yeah. if 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 you're running to be a voice for the people you need to make the right decisions on how you approach a certain topic, because mm-hmm. because majority of the population is going to hang on, and and you know what the worst part is the news media, right? The news media is only going to talk about the meltdown, right? So yes you yeah. did have a few good points, but other other than you, no one's brought up to me that he had a a couple of good points, right? Everyone said, oh, did you see that crazy meltdown
0: he had? Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, no, I completely understand. That's, oh. Yeah, now I wish, and I'm not ragging Kim You know, and and my friend who's like one of the biggest feminists in the world, she even made this comment because, like I said, it's a together thing. And I do believe Mm -hmm. women definitely are stronger than they think they are. I think they rule the world. You know, men might be strong physically, but women are definitely strong mentally. And I'll take mental strength over physical every time. But, you know, even she was like, Kim needs to do something, you know, like, how can you let your husband go out here like this? You know, you know, I'm not even looking at it. I'm looking at it from a a mental standpoint. I feel like being a president is hard and somebody in his mental state. Could not even if he was a good person, and even if he was a good candidate, somebody with his mental state could never Run take the what it you know what it means, what it means to be a president. I absolutely
1: agree with you, right? I think uh, the girlfriend and I, we we both are on the same page on that. If Kanye needs some help, right? He it's the someone needs to help with this mental state. And, and that should be taken care of first before he even tries to run for president. Now, just talking about, you know, sitting Trump down and uh, talking to him and teaching him, I've go, I've, I've, um, I probably have a lot of learning to do on this, but at this point in time, my opinion about that is he's old and old people are stubborn and they're not gonna change right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. and and I, I i say i have a lot of learning to do with it because i we taught our mom she, she was older to don't look at black people like this right and she's learned so i i that i can't say every single old person is stubborn and won't change some actually will but i think donald trump is past that time <laughs> so i i i just I don't think there's anything we can do except to load him out of the office, in my personal opinion. And that's, that's how it goes. Um, And I I don't say it. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a libertarian, you know, so I'm not a full on Democrat. I'm not a a far right wing either. So um, it's, it's one of those things that I believe that the current president is not he's not in the mental state for the office, right? I mean, the guy goes, plays golf all the time. That's how I put it. But yeah. yeah, Yeah, So, you know, you were talking about dark skin uh, just uh, actually this whole time. uh, But um, do you know, did you know that the South Asian community, uh, my personal experience, I've, I've lived in Texas since 2000 and I used to be a very fair skin guy. I moved to Texas. And being in Texas, you know how summers are. You get hot, it yeah. gets hot, you get dark. That's that's how life is. And I, I remember going back to my cousin's place in Georgia to visit everyone over there. And the first thing every single family member said to me was like, wow, you went to Texas and you became so dark, you're never going to get married. And that's the type of kind of emotional abuse and uh, even racism we get in, in South Asia community. So North Indians don't like South Indians because South Indians are too dark-skinned. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if, you, if any of your friends have ever told you, or even if you've heard of this, but it's, it's a real thing. And at one point I just had to be like, I don't care what skin color I am. I don't care that you think I'm too dark. Am I marrying your daughter? Are you my mom? No. And then I go to my mom and my mom's like, well, you are dark. I'm like, I can't believe you just said that to me, mom. Right. And it's just, you, you have to, everyone out there has to learn to find themselves. Are you okay with the color skin you are? Yes. Then that should not stop you from what you want in life. Period. Right. Um, Ever since I made that decision, I can care less how how mm-hmm. uh my family thinks how dark I am. I have a lovely girlfriend uh that I love she's a lot more fair skinned than I am, and she's North Indian, and she doesn't care about it. right It's because we've bought up in this uh environment yeah. where they think that being dark yeah. is bad when it's actually not so.
0: yeah. And, 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 yeah, I, I'm glad you brought her up because I was just about to say, they said you found you, you won't get a girlfriend. Might I say your girlfriend <laughs> yeah. is yeah, Yeah, so, like, I mean, you know, that me. was always in the
1: back of my head. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. But even, won, even when right? I started dating uh, my current girlfriend, that was still in the back of my head because it's driven so much into me since I was young that you're too dark, you're too dark and it's just crazy that parents drive that into you and society drives that into you but if you learn to just uh be above it then you'll be fine right um i just wanted i don't know if you ever heard of it but i just wanted to let you know about that
0: absolutely yeah uh yeah and there's there's also a feud in the African community as well. Uh, and as well as a lot mm-hmm. of communities about dark skin, you know, versus light skin, like, Oh, the light skinned people are prettier. You know, I had a light skinned uh, coworker and he used to always tease me and say, how many light skinned women do you know that are ugly? It's usually the dark skinned ones. And there's some beautiful beautiful yep. dark skinned women out there there's some beautiful white skinned there's some beautiful uh handsome uh light skinned men just as whereas well there are some handsome yeah. you know dark skinned men you know yeah. beauty is in the eye of the beholder i just did a podcast with somebody that likes looking at dead things and decomposing she finds beauty in that you can find beauty in anything Uh, so I wanted to bring up a couple more
1: things and I I, I just wanted people to know this and I think it's time for the South Asian community to be able to say yes we do this Um, one is the word we use for black people if you ever are talking to an Indian, or if you hear some Indians talking and uh, depending on what region of India they're from, the dialect might be a little different, the how it's pronounced might be a different, but I'm from Gujarat and we address black people by saying either Kalu or Karo, right? So Kalu just means black person and Karo is the actual, word for the color black. Uh, and, and and most of the time, and I, I, I am not an exception on this, right? Uh, growing up, I did it too. Um, 97% of the time, we don't use the word in a good tense. It's always to bash on a black person. Um, and I just wanted you guys to know that even in our culture, we do have a word to call you guys. Now, um, the 3% that I left off, from a personal experience, I sometimes use it when I'm out. Uh, I'm like, hey, uh, go ask that uh, guy. That just means go ask the Black guy to differentiate from go ask that person or that person, right? Um, But... I, I, I just wanted to bring it out there because I think it's time to change. I think we need to stop using that as a bad thing. I think we need to start uh, treating African-American black people as uh, human and don't call them Kalu and don't call them Kaios and just be respectful. Right. And I'm working on it. Um, I, I'm doing a pretty good job at it because I don't do it anymore. Uh, and, I know there's a lot of, a lot of my Indian friends that still do it and I just hope they are
0: willing to change on it. Yeah. Like yep. I said, it's all about, you know, community and keeping people informed, you know, because sometimes even we, you know, can slip up, you know, because we're only human. And, you know, we right. might need people to keep us in check, you know, so it, it's, def- it's de- this world is a group effort, you know, and that I think that's what makes it so hard. Uh, it's every man for himself Uh, did you I think we talked about
1: this Uh, the video I told you about the one that's called we cannot stay stay silent about George uh, uh, George Lloyd uh, by Hasan Minhaj Um, if if you haven't listened to it or watched it please do that he, he calls out the South Asian community for everything. And I am so happy he does. And I'm backing up 100%. And he has opened my eyes to uh, talk about it as well, right? It's like it's, it's time to stop uh, hiding inside of a closet or inside of a closed door and not talk about what's going on in the world. Like we need to change too. If it wasn't for Martha Luther King sitting down with uh, Johnson for the sixty-five uh, Immigration Act, uh, 1965 Immigration Act, S- Asians would not be coming into this country. And not a lot of people know about that. During the 1965 Immigration Act, we were able to come into this country because of Martha Luther King. So we, as a South Asian community, need to realize what, the civil rights movement has done for us, right? Not only for the African-American community. And it's time to give back. Do your thing. Don't be racist. Go out there. Help help a neighbor, right? It doesn't matter what skin color they are. So,
0: yeah. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you like I think I'm good. Yes. I got to get back
1: to work anyways. But uh, I really appreciate you letting me come on to your podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I really appreciate your time, dude. It means a lot. We, you know, this is yes, something that... absolutely. I agree.
1: Say. And I hope more and more people
0: keep doing it. Me too. All me right. Me too,
1: sir. Have Take good care. Luck.
0: Have a nice day at work.